Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Uh, gentlemen, here we are. We are here for the match review. All right, West Ham was the name of the game. Coming off two consecutive defeats, we're going to be breaking down everything that happened in this one. Uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of it all, Dan, we have the three-word match review, don't we? We do. And you know what? I wanted to give a special shout-out. He didn't do it exactly in three words, but I felt like Tiago Silva jumped on Twitter afterwards and had a great just summary of the match. And so I'm going to make it a two, two-part three-word match review. I'm going to give him six words out of his eight-word tweet here. Never give up. We are Chelsea. It was great. Thiago Silva getting all the love on Twitter today. Getting, you know, doesn't understand the three-year match review yet. I get it. He's getting accustomed to the Premier League. He's getting accustomed to playing for Chelsea. But, you know, it will give him a little slack on this one because there were some other good ones that came through here because there were a few that were for Silva. Uh, Jay Brobeck with Sterling Silva showing. Mm. Oscar Mike with the Thiago the Talisman. Also good. Uh, Tammy getting a lot of them as well. We had Bert and also Kate from Discord. Uh, Bert with the Tammy Dulls Irons and Kate with the Tam Man Can. Kovacic and the substitution, which led to the goals, got a couple with John giving Kovacic awakens Abraham. And then Hector with the Ron Burgundy. That escalated quickly. He also had a few who went for comedy, and there were a couple really good ones here. Uh, Mary Clean Sheets from Total Catch. We had Mark with the Tammy's Christmas West Hammy. Yeah, Tam- Tammy's Christmas Ham. But the winner, far and away, running yeah. away with it, was Gabriel with the Chelsea Fried Rice. Yes. Fantastic. That, Love that it. That is uh, above and beyond. That is the the winner. Like that. When I read that, I was like, Yes. You you win this week. Uh, I'm sure he will be absolutely, absolutely delighted to hear that. <laughs> and what does he win? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. But our but, praise. Yeah, exactly. Adoration, respect. God damn it, I respect you. A, lo- a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love, Gabriel. Um, uh, let's see, Nick, you had one of your own as well. Yeah, per, per usual, I did submit one for the cause, although I will admit that Gabriel has, has beaten mine. You know, it's... It's December. We're we're all in the festive spirit, and look, dancing season. So I do. Uh, I'm doing a little Tammy two step today, and and I like that. I think there's there's a little moving and grooving happening with him. All right, Tammy was having himself a day. I'm sure he probably danced a little bit in the locker room afterwards, and and deservedly so. Dan, what about you? Well, I went with Chelsea on canceled Christmas because it was going to be a very bad Christmas if we were behind <laughs> Spurs on the table to go into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So good job, Chelsea. Save Christmas. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad someone did. Uh, and you know, it's not all gone. I saw Fauci gave Santa the vaccine, so I mean, we have <sighs> that going for us too. I was worried. I mean, <laughs> I was worried you and those about seven it. year olds. <laughs> I had my. I should really get a stocking so I could like have it back there. But yeah, uh, I put hashtag lamps back in. Uh, yeah, for all the people who were expecting Lampard to be sacked after these this run of results, uh, turns out he's back. We can keep him, so that's good. It's always a positive. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about in this one is obviously we'll say thank you to Mr. Abraham for what he did uh, for us supporters today, letting us breathe easy after the second goal. We'll look at how Tiago Silva continues to refine himself with class um, as he continues down the path of getting older. And then we'll talk a little bit about Timo's challenges in front of goal. I will essentially battle Nick and Dan 2v1 on this. So look forward to part three. It'll be fun. But hey, some gratitudes real quickly. Um, Quacky, David, Robert, all on Patreon joining up in the club. Thank you. Discord access has been sent. Um, I actually have a pile of badges and stickers and note cards that are going to be going out as well. So if you haven't gotten yours, don't worry. It is coming very soon. Uh, Dan, over to you for the Apple Podcast Reviews. Yeah, a few more five-star Apple Podcast Reviews, which we always appreciate. It helps other Chelsea supporters find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So we appreciate Ajin Deep and Ryan Tipker for both leaving awesome five-star reviews. You know, if you're wondering... Hey, I'd really love to get those three London is Blue guys a wonderful gift. You know what? If you're thinking about sending it now, it's too late. It's not going to get here in time. True. One that you could get that doesn't require shipping, doesn't require a handling fee, no postage. It's a five-star Apple podcast review. So if you haven't done one yet, just do it right now while you're listening to the podcast and multitask. And uh, Nick can talk about something else now because I'm done with this part of the, the show. <laughs> It's it's really the gift that keeps on giving, Clark, is the five-star Apple Podcast review. So uh, do that. Uh, we are still ordering merch for Merch Madness. If you're uh, Chelsea America chapter, independent chapter, your just creative self is creating Chelsea-adjacent, not trademark, infringed merch, uh, send links and everything our way. Uh, I did receive my uh, my my Baku shirt uh, from old Jordan on on Twitter yesterday, which is great. I know there's a couple Bayou City Blue shirts in the mail uh, to Dan and Brandon, so I'm excited about those. And then waiting on a couple of sizing things from LA and Austin and New York and a couple of other spots. So if you want in on the act, remember, send us links. We'll buy it. We're not asking for it for free. We will rate it on the show, give you guys some publicity, which is good. And then we will send, uh, we'll do some sort of charity giving thing either to a bar staff near you uh, who's been hit hard through the pandemic, or we'll do some sort of charity uh, of your choice deal. So uh, a win, win, win. I was going to reference something we recorded this weekend, but I think it's coming out later. So it wouldn't make sense if I were to reference back something about biscuits. But if you guys know what I'm talking about, biscuits, you'll hear in the future. Think think back to this. So anyways, what an Easter egg. Just, podcast yeah, content. Yeah, that's great. Planted an Easter egg. The future. Uh, yeah, essentially. We'll buy your merch if you send us biscuits is the long, long story short. So anyways, uh, let's jump into the match review. It was West Ham and the Premier League this past Monday. Bullshit Monday matches, December 21st. It was at the bridge. Chelsea 3. West Ham nil, which is exactly what you would have expected by about the 75th minute. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and punt over to the uh, the fifth stand app for the goals. Run it back from us. Uh, obviously, the the official Chelsea FC app. Uh, they put all of the breaking news, highlights, videos, images, stories there first. So go download it. iOS, Android, you know what to do. Goal time. Here we go. It's a derby date for Chelsea as the Blues welcome West Ham United to Stamford Bridge. Sadly, the return of supporters to Stamford Bridge was short-lived. Games in London will be played behind closed doors. Let's hope the boys in blue can provide some much-needed festive cheer. Cresswell's worked that quickly into Declan Rice, who goes round Mendy and puts it into the net. But his celebration is cut short. Well, I think if we look at that, that's a tight call. Thiago Silva, Chelsea take the lead, a bullet header from the Brazilian and the Blues ahead with barely 10 minutes on the clock. 
chest off from Abraham. Mason Mount going to his left. Here he is. For himself, it's come through to Abraham who tucks it in for two. And there is the daylight that Chelsea were after. Tammy Abraham. Might be more goals in it for Chelsea. Just forced wide was Mount by Pulisic's pass. Put it back in now, and there's Pulisic, and it'll come for Abraham, and he'll make it three. And that will do it for Chelsea. Two goals in quick succession for Tammy Abraham. Barely a minute between them. Kante. Slid it through for Werner. Is this his moment? Timo Werner has hit the crossbar. So unlucky. And it's not going your way. It's really not going your way. The perfect way to go into Christmas for Frank Lampard and Chelsea. Three goals and a clean sheet in a London derby to move the Blues up to fifth. It's Thiago Silva's thumping header and then a quick fire brace late on from Tammy Abraham. Took the game away from West Ham. All right, big Thiago Silva getting us off the mark and running. Uh, but who is his supporting cast, Dan, when it came to the lineup? Well, it was no surprise, Edouard Mendy between the sticks. Not Petter? Thiago... Oh my gosh, please, please. <laughs> Let me just run through it. Let me run through it. Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma as our center back partnership. The Rock in the middle. We had Ben Chilwell in the starting lineup, at least, and Azpilicueta coming in for Reese James. And uh, we're waiting to find out a little bit more about that knee injury as well, looking, though, hopefully to be not as serious as initially thought. Maybe something has to be managed. So he misses this match. Jorginho comes in with a shock midfield <laughs> midfield addition. Oh, my gosh. Surprising. Next to N'Golo Conte and Mason Mount. Forward line included Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, and Timo Werner. Nine subs now. Nine subs. If you don't recall, the FA decided that they were going to move to nine subs, but still keep three substitutions, only three. Ridiculous. In a move of absolute stupidity. But that meant Kepa Ruthablaga, Antonio Rudiger, Andreas Christensen, Billy Gilmore, Olivier Drew, and Callum Hudson-Doy all rode the bench as unused substitutes. And we saw Emerson come in in the 10th minute for Chilwell going down injured. Mateo Kovacic comes in the 66th minute for Jorginho. And then Kai Havertz comes in for Christian Pulisic in the 84th minute. But this was a great match. Nick threw a stat in here because I want to include you in the beginning. I want to find a way to bring you in here. Hey, thanks, there's man. a healthy, there's a healthy Mason Mount stat in here. We need to call it. It was exciting. Yes, Opta Joe, you know, keeper of the keys when it comes to stats. Uh, Fifty. Mason Mount is making his fiftieth Premier League appearance. He could have just tweeted this out right before the game. Didn't need to wait for the actual start to happen. You knew that was going to go in. Uh, 50th appearance for Chelsea tonight, making him the youngest English player, 21 years, 346 days uh, to reach the final stone for the club. Since um, one John Terry, it turns out he was quite a good player back in the day. Uh, in January 2002, if you remember back to the early 2000s or the early aughts, as our friends across the pond would say, 21 years and 36 days. So JT beat him by almost a year, but um, uh, Optijo uses the the kind of ending word here, Brandon, platform. Hmm. He has built himself quite the platform hmm. uh, to have such a good career at Chelsea. Uh, and most Chelsea fans are excited to see him do that. The rest of them, well, something different. Uh, High-level match statistics of this one. Chelsea uh, with a slight edge in possession of just under 54%. We had 11 shots, 7 on target, much better. West Ham, believe it or not, had 6 shots, none on target. They had, let's see, we had, uh, it was kind of level when it looks to like how often we had possession, the amount of passes and touches each team had. They had 20 tackles, sorry, 18. We did have 26 clearances, so a bit on the ropes there. They only had 12 clearances, five corners to their four. We had no offsides to their four, and we conceded 11 fouls to their six. So again, a lot of that that stuff, it was, it was fairly even uh, in this match. So the expected goals, though, at... XG philosophy on Twitter. Chelsea with a 2.42 expected goals. We got three. West Ham had a 0.68. They had nil. So we overachieved a little bit. West Ham underachieved a little bit. All in all, uh, I think you can probably get a pretty square line of the match in that one. Except, except, three nothing flatters us. But it leads us to Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. Uh, the man of the last 10 minutes... 
the last 15 minutes popping up to make it happen uh, when mm. a lot of nails were being bitten and, and I'm very worried. So Squawka, again, getting far too much love in our script. Uh, but Tammy Abraham scored more Premier League goals than any other Chelsea player this season with five. Two goals in two minutes for the striker. Yeah, that'll help boost your stats. And then they followed up with Tammy Abraham scored 20 Premier League goals since the start of last season, at least 10 more than any other Chelsea player in that time. But here we are, Nick, in a, in a situation where we're rotating strikers, trying to figure out who should lead the line. Olivier Giroud, uh, Lampard even talked about him that, you know, if you're going on form alone, Olivier should technically be playing, but there's balance and rotation that needs to happen. And Tammy came in, I guess, give him your eye test, a, a little bit of what you saw out of him. Yeah, there's a couple of important points I want to make here. The, the, the first is before Giroud scored four against Sevilla, Tammy was the informed striker. Okay. Like he was the one starting and contributing to the game. So, you know, let's, let's calm down. Tammy. It's not like Tammy just went off the boil. It was just that Giroud was playing better for a hot minute. And that, and that's okay. That's what you want. When we say competition, it's not that one competes with the other every week. And then one always plays. <laughs> that's not what we say. Like that. It should be that they are fighting and, Tammy will occasionally get the better of Giroud, and Giroud will occasionally get the better of Tammy, right? So that's a really important point to make. Uh, the second is, I know that you were joking that the goals came in the last 15 minutes, but I actually thought Tammy had a pretty good game overall today. Uh, his hold-up play was immense. Uh, he was great at a first-pass distribution to someone like Pulisic or like Werner uh, or like Mason Mount. Uh, I thought that he he held the ball up relatively well against you know what is a pretty stout back line uh, for West Ham, and while the movement wasn't great in the first half, you definitely saw it pay off in the second half when uh, the midfield was able to shift around a little bit and create a little bit more and and bring West Ham's midfield out a little bit more, so there's a bigger gap in between the midfield and their defense. So. I would I would say that Tammy's overall game looked really good to me today. Uh, overall, obviously the goals are I think a credit to his work ethic and that last finish Dan was uh, was top class uh, and I was really excited to see him get that. It was a great day out for Tammy and he was rewarded for his tireless pursuit of a uh, of going back. I think ultimately way too deep. And I, I think that was more due to a structural problem with the way that the team was playing. You know, you saw Jorginho dropping significantly deep, you know, almost as a, a third center back at times. And, you know, that was not great because it was, you know, the one thing that West Ham was actually willing to let, let us have, they were willing to kind of, they wanted to play with the ball. They, you know, no one really wanted to, everyone was playing keep away. You know, no one really wanted to maintain possession for an extended period of time. And, I think what we saw is that eventually when we were able to wear down the West Ham side a little bit, when we were able to make the transition from Jorginho into Kovacic, add a little bit of stability into our ball possession, retaining the ball, moving it, you know, laterally, uh, you know, so that we could get it across and create some open lanes that Tammy was finding space. And, you know, I think credit to, you know, Mason, who really, uh, I think helped manufacture the, the, the goal that Christian ultimately, I think, gets the uh, gets the assist for um, was was sublime. That was a really well placed ball into the back, and yeah, you know, I think Tammy was was finding himself in dangerous areas all day long. You know, I think that he, if you, we don't have a heat map here, but I would imagine it's it's pretty blistering orange or red right around the six yard box for the majority of the match. He was just even though he did drop deep, Brandon, he was finding himself in areas where he could support others but also be the the focal point, which I think is where maybe he's been questioned sometimes is, will he stand up and be the guy? And today he, without a question, was. Well, this is probably a good time to say, so I didn't get to watch the match, but I listened to it on the Fifth Stand app. And so I got a very different kind of picture being given to me than what you guys got to see too. So I think that that's interesting. So I was at Ben and Cundy doing doing the match kind of analysis and by the way they did a fantastic job uh, very fair by the way Cundy saying here it is we're under the pressure under the pressure goals coming they got to figure it out um, thankfully it never came but when it came to Tammy um, I would say that they spoke to him in hopeful terms you know that uh, especially towards the end or especially on the counter He's able to chest it down, right? Get it to Mason and and be a focal point. He was able to, and then he continues his runs. And so I'd hear, 
you know, we get it out wide and, you know, Pulisic or whoever is trying to whip the ball in the box and, you know, Tammy is in and amongst it. And they kept speaking out there, hopeful that, you know, that, that Tammy was doing the right things and, and getting involved. And so that was like really good to hear, obviously. And now watching back highlights and things, you just see how active he was. And I think we talked about it a little bit in the, in the preview, you know, Tammy's ready to go. He, he knew he wanted to get involved. He's going to do everything he could to, to do it. And so again, um, you know, getting to watch the highlights back and seeing that, you know, he took the third goal very confidently, put his foot through it. Um, and, you know, the second goal, just having your head up and, and being aware, being in a dangerous position, sure enough, it came to him. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I everything I heard was, you know, pretty good from, from Tammy. Now, I think you can say, was it a perfect day for him? No. Did he give away possession? Yes. Did he lose the ball in possession? Yes. Is he a young striker learning? Yes. But you can stomach that stuff because it didn't cost us and he scored two goals at the end. So at the end of the day, uh, Tammy made the impact that striker needs to do. Uh, it, it is also kind of how you finish too, right? Like it, it's one, you know, how many times have we seen in the last couple of years, Chelsea get off to a strong start and then fade, you know, and, and don't quite close it out. I mean, it was great to slam the door shut today. And I, right. and I credit Tammy for being available to do that. So, and based on the commentary, right, I think you guys would agree that if we don't score two, West Ham come back to score one. Yeah, we've seen that script play out. Exactly, (laughs) especially the way it was going almost the entire second half. You know, we saw that we had 20-some clearances, right? Like, obviously, West Ham didn't get a shot on goal, but it didn't mean they weren't creating the chances. They just didn't get it, and you just assume that eventually they get one. Um, so credit to at Chelsea Youth right here who took the Sky Sports shadow tweet that says youngest players to score 20 Premier League goals for Chelsea. You had Eden Hazard, 23 years, 32 days. Then Tammy Abraham, 23 years, 80 days. And Idrid Goodjansen at 23, 27. And Chelsea Youth uh, saying, yeah, that's pretty nice. But remember, he had no penalties either. <laughs> My Dan. man. <laughs> Dan, My Dan, man. <laughs> Dan smiling. <laughs> but I think we can also agree that Tammy didn't do it alone. Right, so Mason Mount started the match. Obviously, we threw the the praise in there for him getting to fifty starts. Dan, you seem to think Mason had a pretty good uh, helping hand to Tammy in this match. I think it was great in this game. I I think that he, especially when Chilwell went out injured, and you bring Emerson on. I think Emerson is a little lackadaisical in his defending at times, and so Mason's work load i think uh, went up exponentially when you think about what he had to do there were plenty of times where he was kind of coming back to uh allow emerson to float back into the right spot but you know his cross his crosses to uh set up the the silva goal which was phenomenal uh, and we will talk about silva and laud praise over him shortly but mount's cross was exceptional uh, into the box there. He's, he's great in that that role for us. And then, you know, I think in general, he was just, you know, he, a lot of people were talking about the, the the Declan Rice derby, Nick, but Mason Mount was, I think, the midfielder, you know, the England midfielder that was, you know, drew all the attention today. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that Mason was great. I think he set the tone early on, which is, you know, a challenging thing to do and kind of a rough and tumble you know, London Derby. So, you know, I think that was a, a credit to him. And obviously his work from set pieces year over year has improved dramatically. Uh, I, I think we all see, you know, some of these corners that we'll, we'll talk about and give stats for. Uh, I think we, we also just see the quality um, of positioning that he's bringing right now. Uh, some of the, even with, you know, kind of a lax days goal midfield in, in the first half. Some of the passes that he was threading through to Timo and Tammy were were first first class for me. So I I am more impressed by Mason Mount almost every time I watch him. And it gives me great joy to know that the haters out there are are really struggling right now. And you know, I think let's just send some thoughts and prayers to those guys. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one. It's uh <laughs> yeah. I think I'll leave it at that. Um, I love Mason. I love that he runs, 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 um, getting him involved. But Frank had to make a change. His midfield recipe wasn't quite built for the, what did they have, five across the middle for West Ham? Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Dan made a change. Kovacic coming on. 
Gabriel, who we've already given a shout out and a little bit of love in this episode. He's this Gabriel. is the reward. This is the reward. The reward to getting the three word match review is I will make sure your question is 100% answered in the script. There we go. That is the new award for the three word match review winner. Wow. The gift that keeps on giving. Mm. So says, how much of an impact was COVID today? Exclamation mark, then question mark. So you need to get excited and then answer the question. Uh, Dan, how much this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is your doing. So uh, over to you. Look, I uh, will always talk about the fact that I think Kovacic is a little bit of a, a luxury player for us at times. But this was a match where he came in and helped solidify what was a very... A, a massive inability by our side to retain possession of the ball for more than two or three seconds. It was really pinball. It was watching a pinball machine in that midfield for 64, 65 minutes. And there were a few times where, I mean, Jorginho set up Bowen for one of the best goals and assists that didn't happen in this match. <laughs> so like, it just, it really was an odd match. It was odd to see him come in. I, you know, there was not really a lot of good answers or commentary from Lampard afterwards regarding the decision, Nick. But I mean, ultimately, look, you gambled, you won. There won't be a lot of armchair quarterbacking from me in that regard. I'm not going to go be like, why did you start Jorginho? Come on, we could have just held it completely from the beginning. But Kovacic came in and, and helped solidify things. So plus plus. Yeah, it, it it was just an odd one. I mean, it was just clearly not working, right? Like, you don't have to – it's not belittling Jorginho, but, I mean, the performance was not very good. And, you know, again, I, I, I hate to say that so matter-of-factly, but, you know, when you have, when you slot Conte back and then you bring in Kovacic, he was able to carry the ball through midfield and not – you know, we, we were losing the ball every two seconds. He was able to carry it and, like, I think free up other players on their runs – it just changed the whole complexion of our of our attack. I mean, it was it was outstanding, and, and it does show you, by the way, that like I know that Kovacic, you know, he wins Player of the Season last year, and, and a lot of people would have given it to base amount. I think I would have as well. But it, you know, it's not because he was a terrible player last year. It's he was pretty good for us, right? And uh, he's one of those guys that I think Frank needs to be smart about how he deploys through the next like six weeks in particular because I do think he can help us win matches I, I'm convinced of it and it's not because of Kai it's not because of Mason I think he just brings a different quality the you know having Conte up as a presser is a really good tactic like it's a tactic that Sari used effectively for a whole year and that even Lampard used last year at the beginning of the year um but I think you're wasting what Conte does best up there. Um, so just thinking about the different midfield complexions that we might have, this game was either crying out for Kovacic to come on and do what he did or for Billy Gilmore to come on and play the six. And I, I think that Frank made the right call. I, I don't have a lot. I mean, Cundy wasn't super impressed with Jorginho. What, you, no. what they were assuming was um, he does tend to spring Tammy on the early ball. We've seen it in, in past. But again, to your guys' point, just wasn't happening today. Again, West Ham, they if you look at their lineup, you know, we talked about some of like the creative players, right? And and obviously Bowen did a job. But Mark Noble, Pablo Fornales, he's attacking. Sue Check and Declan Rice, like very defensive and industrious midfield, obviously. And so they were just looking to disrupt the attack. And, and, and you know, and Jorginho is obviously another player who's, uh, it's fun to press him as well. And I think that they probably picked that opportunity. So uh, anyways, uh, yeah, kudos to Frank as well for seeing a problem and making a fix and, and, and having it be in a positive impact. So uh, good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. You know it's that time of the pod, everybody. Uh, we get back, we're going to talk about defensive praise. Uh, I'm going to fight everyone about Timo Werner, and we'll even talk about Ben Chilliwell and see what's going on with him. So uh, thank you for supporting. Chilliwell. Chili B, Chilliwell, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't need your yeah. approval. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this uh, Manscaped ad from Dan and I and whatever else we got left. Uh, but we thank the sponsors for financially supporting the show. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, listen up, fellas. 2020 sucked. It's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Dan, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I agree. 
2020 sucked and 2021 is right around the quarter. So, you know, if you want to get that new year freshness going on, you know, they've got the perfect package, you know, which is a collection of items like the lawnmower 3.0. You've got the, the weed whacker to take care of those annoying nose hairs and ears hair. And, you know, I mean, look, they also got other products that you could use, too. They've got a ball toner right? The crop reliever. They've got a ton of different things. And as we're recording this, uh, we're getting laughed at. And you know, ultimately that's okay. Because you know what? You have to find joy in this moment. And one of the things that can bring you joy, Brandon, can be a brand new package from Manscaped. Uh, it's true. Look, if you're going to you know, take care of yourself and, and do some cleaning up, you might as well do it with the right equipment. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0, it's waterproof skinscape trimmer, reduces the nicks to your two best friends, right? Uh, it comes with a shed travel bag. Keep all your goodies stored together. Um, well, and, and, and Brandon, the, and Brandon, don't forget, you know, the ball is going to drop at midnight. Make sure the ball well, looks good with the Lawnmower 3.0 and Manscaped. Use our code London is Blue for 20% off and free shipping on your first order. That is London is Blue, the code. 20% off plus free shipping. So when the balls drop, everything looks pretty. All right. Well, there you go. 20% off and free shipping with the code London is blue at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code London is blue. Happy New Year to you and your balls. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right. Defensive praise. An entire section to one Brazilian. Um, Thiago Silva, insert getting better with age that you want, example that you want to use, wine, whatever it may be. Uh, I thought it was interesting when Sky got to talk to Lampard. They talked about him a lot, Nick, and there's like, are you surprised at how good he is this early in the season, early in quotation marks, um, based on his age, based on the fact he came from Ligue 1, which is a different league. And Lamps, you know, his response was, A, kind of, a little bit, yes, but at the same time, he's like, what I'm most impressed with is, I remember playing when I was 36, it was difficult. He looks like it's not difficult for him, which is probably more impressive that he came from Ligue 1, which is a very top-heavy league, to the Premier League, where you have to fight every single match week in, week out. Um, and so just the respect for him to be 36 and looking so competent and confident on the pitch, uh, obviously you have to manage his minutes a little bit, is, I think, wildly impressive. I mean, from a, it's probably the bargain signing of the, of the season. Yeah. I, look, what I respect about Thiago Silva is that he's coming off of two questionable performances before this. He was not very good against Everton. He was not. He was not at all good against Wolves, and he showed up today with absolute resolve and steel, and did what leaders do. You know, not only led vocally and by shouting at people, but led by example. You know, you you have three captains on the pitch today, which you have to you know think about as well, right? You have. Obviously, Dave playing right back, which I think was a massive coup for for you know the team. I think he played really well. Uh, Jorginho is vice captain, and then Tiago Silva, who's occasional captain when neither one of those players is on the field. So you have a lot of leadership on the field. But I mean, Tiago Silva was imperious today. I mean, he was wonderful to watch. The, it never looked like the it looked like the game was stretched on him today, Dan. Which is 
partly because West Ham didn't throw a whole lot in attack, if we're completely honest. When you have Mark Noble playing as your number 10, there isn't a whole lot of creativity uh, in that regard. I was I was actually talking to one of my friends who's a West Ham fan, and he's like, when when Mar- when Mark Noble was announced as a ten, I was like, "You guys have this wrapped up today. That's that's pretty neat." <laughs> he's like, "I would have I would have played Ben Rama as the number ten personally." This is what he's telling me. So I was, you know, I also would have done that. Uh, but the the numbers are are great. I'll let you I'll let you read all the numbers. I I just think from a from a pure eye test, the goal was perfect. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how a header should look every single time. And I think more importantly was his positioning on some of the set pieces and how he was able to uh, match up there. And so just really great overall. Well, the numbers here are that that Silva has now scored more league goals in 10 appearances for Chelsea, two than he manages last three seasons combined for PSG, one. So that's that's a good number. That's a good trend line. Uh, and then his numbers for the entire match were 92 touches most, 90% pass accuracy, six aerial duels won, six clearances, three interceptions, both the most in the, in the pitch, two shots, one shot on target, and one goal. And think about this. He had more shots on target, one, than all of West Ham did at zero, and that was also <laughs> partially down to the way that he defended with Zuma, with, with Azpilicueta, and yes, even with, with Emerson, help from Conte later in the, the switch of positioning. But I mean, look, you know, I think he is just impressive. I, I think we're so fortunate and so lucky. This is one of those signings that, you know, is going to go under the radar. But, you know, if Chelsea end up doing something crazy, doing something wild this season, uh, he will be a big part about, you know, for the reasons why. You know, he's, his positioning is strong. He's much, much better aerially, aerially than someone who is, you know, just a hair above six foot. You know, you would anticipate being when you have some six footers, six fivers in, in the box. He made that run, Brandon, and got high, got free space and was able to knock it in with a, a lot of power. And, you know, I'm just I'm shocked, actually, that his his number of goals he scored at PSG was was so few <laughs> with, with just how well he does it for us here. He didn't need to. That was the thing, you know. Yeah. That team was loaded. Marquinhos is in there too, um, but you know I think it's also a big sign because you could say he probably struggled the last couple of matches, you know, when we did lose, um, and so to see him kind of bounce back and be a part of the team, especially like you said, bringing in Emerson. He hasn't really played at the Aspie, so there's some nuances that are new. Uh, it's probably a new experience having Jorginho in front of him. So <laughs> that's why they aren't called old onces. You know what I'm saying? Just gonna let that sit there. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that, Nick. I will uh, give you. I'll put that in my journal. Nick taught me something today. <laughs> boy, boy, that was that was some tough silence right there. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a podcast than silence. Ooh. <laughs> Jake, you might want to. Did my phone you might break fix or something? That. Did something happen there? Did my who, app crash? I don't who, know. Who else was uncomfortable there? I, I sure uh, was. Uh, yeah. Um, but with Tiago Silva, I, I really like the set play. I went back and, and watched in the highlights, and essentially he's running like a zone read off of Zuma. So Zuma mm-hmm. runs forward. He actually steps forward, then cuts back. And then, uh, you know, Silva just goes into the space that he pulled the defenders away from. And then, you know, huge credit to Mason for putting the ball in a dangerous area as well and letting him go attack it. So, because um, there are many defenders in between him and Silva, and it still made it there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, easy goal for Silva. M- Martin Tyler on the commentary did bring up a stat after that goal where, you know, I think we've scored from eight set pieces now this year. And we have not given up a goal from a set piece. Which is not what you would expect coming out for and, last season. And I questioned that immediately, but I was like, of course it's right. If Martin Tyler's saying it, he, he has a much better research staff than Nick Verlaney does. Uh, but it just seems so odd given what happened last year. And so, like, you have the convergence of Tiago Silva in both of those stats, right? Which is he's helped score two of those eight himself. Zuma scored uh three and then he had another weird kind of you know tap in thing that he did uh our whole defensive line has scored our whole starting defensive line has scored this year uh which is crazy to think about and and now we're not giving them up when when that's all we did last year we did it for fun 
it's a that's a wild turnaround, really. Well, and what's really nice is, look, don't don't just take our word for it. You mentioned it once in this podcast already. John Turk on Instagram did the post of the match when he was watching it back or maybe watching it live and tweeted at or you know kind of tagged Silva. It just said great header. There you go. I am best review you could get. Um, look, I, I huge. I think he just kind of shows that it's hard to put a value on leadership and experience as well. Um, and, and that's a lot of what this team needs because we have a lot of young, promising players. Um, and, and he brings a lot to that. You know, obviously, Angola Conte continued to do Angola Conte things, you know, and he is part of the defensive shape and structure just because of how much he goes and gets the ball and disrupts the play before it sometimes even gets to the back line. Uh, Statman Dave with Angola Conte's numbers. Versus West Ham, 100% final third pass accuracy, 94% pass accuracy overall, seven ball recoveries, which is a ton, two out of three tackles, one, two interceptions, dominant performance, arm flexing emoji. Um, and then you have Cesar Aspilicueta's game by numbers. He had a ton of touches, 84% pass accuracy, eight ball recoveries. So he actually won up in Golicante. Five tackles, which is the most. He had three crosses, uh, three clearances, two interceptions, and a block. I mean, Nick, N'Golo, N'Golo, and then Asby dusting off the rust. I think he had a couple fouls that he didn't need to, but for the most part, probably didn't look like he's had this much time off. Uh, no, I, I really, I'll let Dan take N'Golo this time, but I, I'll key in on Asby. I, I was I was impressed. You know, I, I know it didn't look pretty all the time, so if you're, if you're operating off of, is he smooth like Reese James? you know, scale than no, you know, it probably wasn't the performance for you, but think about that, you know, what he's walking into right now, you know, it's a team that's on a slide. Our starter has been sidelined for a little bit. And as the captain, your, your expectations are already here. And then you, you get lifted a little bit more because you're the captain. Uh, and I thought that he played uh, really well today and, of course, the offensive output is not going to be typically what you get, although I will never let people forget that he had seven assists to Reese James two last year. Uh, that is the number that happened. Um, but, I mean, what you got from a defensive solidity standpoint, especially after Chilwell goes out and you're all, you know, you're, you're now down your starting uh, fullbacks uh, with injury is just locked up shop, didn't let any sort of shenanigans go by. I think there were a couple of weird goal scrambles uh, that that he was a part of that he, he got all right. But you saw him usher the ball out of bounds. You saw him put it behind for corners. No nonsense, no fuss. Just do your job, and I, and I love that. Tuck your shirt in and do your job. <laughs> uh, it was it was good. It was a good run. I mean, he he had a couple where he was. Gosh, you know, halfway back on the uh, in the pitch and kind of had to kind of come back and, and recover. I think it was the uh, was it the Conte kind of was it Conte tripped early and then Mendy kind of came out. Yep. Was and Aspie just covered a ridiculous amount of spa- uh, space at speed and delivered a, a wonderful save there. Uh, had another later in the game. I also I'd be remiss if we didn't go back and just maybe mention Thiago Silva's double save where he saved it once on the ground, got up and then saved it with his uh, abdomen area and uh, had the wind knocked out of him for a few seconds. But this was a game, I think, in general and, and you know to the Conte piece, too, is this team seemed plugged in and didn't want there to be a third loss. They didn't want to after going up see what happened in prior matches where they were in a winning position and then went to a draw, went to a loss. And so the team resolve that was showcased across our back line and then with our, within our midfield, particularly within goal, Conte just was on another level in this match. And I think it really was the right type of response required Brandon to make sure that we didn't, didn't step back. We didn't continue to slide. We, we definitely put a you know line in the sand and said, we're not going to go back from this. So that was a huge talking point for Cundy when Aspie had that makeup because he was think he was like think Martinelli Arsenal right like copy paste, 
But he said having a player not only like N'Golo Kante who always is looking for a mistake or an error to happen to cover up, you get that with Aspie as well. And he's just like, I can't praise this play enough. The, his heads-up awareness to see the mistake before it happened. I mean, it saved a goal. You know, what is it? Allaire was was essentially going to be in on goal 1-1, and you assume he would bury it. So I think that is an easy one to be very um, – you know, point out and just be like, this is another thing that Aspie provides. Again, maybe not as much going forward, although he does have offensive abilities. Um, he will make sure the defense is locked up and tightened up before he goes forward. He's he defense first, attack second. And sometimes, you know, you need that. And then it does a good job and it helps balance the team. So, um, you know, rock solid from Asby. Love seeing him out there at the captain's armband again. And and again, now you've got another leader on the pitch, which is a good thing to have in these situations, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. you hit the rocks a little bit. You know, a little bit of balance, a little bit of solidity is, is probably a good thing. You don't need all the uh, the uh, attacking flare players, which maybe is why Kai Roberts sat a little bit. But speaking of an attacker who didn't sit today, Timo Werner. Das German. Um, I don't want to get into this, Dan, so you put these in the script. I'll let you go ahead and rattle off Timo's uh, horrid form to date. Oh, gosh. I mean, it it just hurts. It hurts, right? Because we're all super excited. We want to see Turbo Timo scoring for fun. And I have right a now, bet that's not what's happening. With a friend on how many goals he scores. So maybe I'm just nervous because. Oh, was, yeah. That, there maybe. it is. That's now we're figuring it out. <laughs> 17 the and truth a half. Has come out. 17 and a half is the over under. I'm on In the, the Premier League or all PL. PL. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Mm, well. uh, I can, you're hoping for a strong second half. Um, <laughs> so a couple stats. Squawka with Timo has failed to score within his last 13 shots in the Premier League. Unlucky for some. And then there were a few more that came out via Opta Joe. One also from the Premier League website was that Timo has now hit the woodwork five times in the Premier League this season. You know, because if you can't get in the goal, just shadow the goal and hope that no one else gets to score goals moving forward. Mm. And then uh, the last one from Opta Joe is that Timo Werner has failed to score in each of his last seven starts for Chelsea in all competitions. His longest run of starts without a goal in club competition since September of 2016 between spells at Stuttgart and RB Leipzig. So, I mean, I there were a couple that you would expect him to hit. Yeah, you know, I think in particular Nick, the one that was probably the most disappointing, but I think on retrospect, when you kind of see it played back, the Pulisic setting him up, maybe the ball could have been there a second sooner. Yeah, but ultimately on like if if Timo were in good form, he probably takes that and scores that anyway. You know, if, if the goalkeeper doesn't collapse the legs as quickly as he does. It probably slots through and Timo has his goal. Um, so, I mean, it, it just, it seems like as much as he tries and tries and tries, it's just not, not coming off for the guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of people say that Pulisic passed that ball too late. And frankly, like I could see it both ways, but like, I also Pulisic did a great job of sucking in the last defender. He passes the ball. He's, he has a one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he took a touch. He didn't just hit it. And and that's the problem. That's the confidence. Like p- people who are, are looking at Pulisic on that one. Sure. You could put him in more space, but putting him more in, in more space right now isn't working either. So like getting him as close to goal as humanly possible and, and hoping that he rips one is, is what you need. And he just didn't do it. And the same with the last one, the, the, the last shot at goal that he had that hit the woodwork is one that he should have put far post every single day of the week, and he tried to smash it near post and gave it way too much power, and it and it goes out. I mean, it's he he is he is bad right now, and it is okay to say that. It doesn't mean he's going to be bad forever. It's certainly not not us rooting against him or being pissed off or petulant or anything like that. You know, we are, are rooting for him, Brandon. It's just a recognition, and we do this with a lot of players on the show. To be to be completely fair. Jorginho had a bad game, call that out, right? Like, Timo Werner's had a bad couple of weeks. I mean, I think it's been a little longer than a couple of weeks, unfortunately. Um, questions on Discord about this from MM7 saying, did Timo get all his misses out of the way today so he can rain fire and goals on Arsenal come Boxing Day? 
But then Eric Muggle firing back says, if you're Frank, do you even start him against Arsenal? I mean, we have some injuries. Uh, Hawkins, he at least trained again. Is that the match you pull him, Dan? So I think if T- if Z- uh, Ziyech is coming off of his injury and if he's not 100%, you know, with the fact that we're also going to have a match against Aston Villa, you know, 48 hours later, I probably am not starting Hockham for that game. I just probably not. Again, Arsenal are also in far worse form than Aston Villa are, to be fair. So I think you have to you have to start him right now. He still ends up with an assist, Albite. You know, it was a little bit of luck, but hopefully that is starting to prime the engines there. He's also tireless for the whole 90 minutes, too. He's making run after run, attempt after attempt. And he it's all about volume for him. Like, he he needs a lot of opportunities to score. It's just, unfortunately, he's on the wrong side of his expected goals and expected assists right now. I, I just don't think with the how quick the fixtures are going to come, Nick, that you could. I, I just don't see how Lampard could do it, given the injuries to the side. I think if you had more luxury and if we were playing game every seven days, you might rest them again. Yeah, Lampard got, you know, I think the, the Kai Havertz decision today is, is Lampard saying I have a ton of midfielders and I can play any combination of midfielders that I want, including Golo Conte in an advanced position. If Kai Havertz isn't, isn't on fire, right? He doesn't necessarily have that opportunity with the winger situation right now. Um, now that changes if Callum is, is actually healthy, which it seemed like he was the closer of the two between him and Ziyech to get back. Pulisic looking a little bit more like himself, which is good. Uh, there are a couple of things today that I looked at and I was like, all right, you're starting to get your, your groove back a little bit. That's good. But yeah, I mean, for Arsenal, I think you have to start Timo. I, I like the worst in my mind, the most frustrating thing, not the worst thing, the most frustrating thing that can happen, Brandon, is that you do not treat these injuries seriously. You bring people back too soon. They get re-injured. You lose them for a longer period of time and you're more screwed than you were if you just would have let them rest. Like that's the that's just my pet peeve on the whole deal. And nagging injuries, soft tissue injuries, muscle injuries are preventable, assuming you have enough players healthy, mm-hmm. um, and they're easily reaggravated. You know, when I broke my leg, once I healed, I'm good. Like thankfully, you know, you'd have to have a very wild thing uh, to happen again. Whereas a pulled calf, a groin. A hammy, you can do that again so easily. And I think that's kind of the situation you're in. Look, I'm I'm just kind of over this conversation right now because Timo's not playing in his best position. He's being forced out of position. Should he still have scored some things? Yes, but I think that he needs to have a run in the middle with less responsibility. So I've said it before. I'm just going to give you the overview of that's where I still stand. So I don't want to keep having these conversations. Um but that's also because I back him, and it's just I don't want to keep piling on. I don't think it's all his fault. I think he's having to sacrifice strengths in his game because of the injury pileup that we have as wide players. And so since he's able to do a good job as a wide player, he's stuck out there, even though he's not a great wide player. You know, Because I would say he is not playing the same type of role that Mohamed Salah or that uh, Sadio Mane are playing. He has many more responsibilities, plays further away from goal, uh, and, and things like that. So, um, Lampard did have some quotes on it though. So, you know, if you don't want to listen to us, maybe you can listen to the gaffer. He said, cool. I'm not worried. Every striker will want to be scoring goals. It's what they ultimately get judged on. And that's why Timo was a great acquisition for us because of the level of goals he scored in the last few years. Again, a player that's in a new league and we have to have time to settle, but I think that's not the whole story of Timo. He's getting in positions regularly. He's scaring teams and giving them a problem. At the moment, it's just not quite going in for him. The moment that changes, or the moment that that changes, because he keeps working hard, we'll see goals from Timo Werner for sure. So, uh, boom, check, Timo, ain't no problem. But then I said something that aggravated you, Nick, before we got on this podcast. Because we we had Chilwell here, who got injured. And I was like, we should talk about the Chilwell injury, because that's huge, change of formation things that I said. Chilwell getting injured in the first 10 minutes is more than what Timo did in the entire 90, to which you said, 
I'm giving you the look. Yeah, I think Did that... Did you hear yourself? It, also, I, Chilwell injury is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it, it is a big deal, to be fair. I mean, it's... It's unfortunate. It's a non-contact injury, really. I mean, he he just kind of stumbled awkwardly, got on his toe, and then his ankles, you know, kind of looked like it snapped and snapped back. And God, it's just you. You might argue, Dan, of all the players that you could afford to have injured right now, he would be the one that you really, really re- like. Either him or N'Golo, probably that you really couldn't afford. And it's just so disappointing because, you know, he he has solidified his his spot there. He's been playing well all season, and it, he tried to come back on, and it just it, he obviously couldn't move in any sort of normal way. So it's to lose him in this like crazy fixture congestion is just devastating. It's not great. It is not great. And it's also on his birthday, too, which makes it even worse. Like, just to add the insult to injury factor here. But, yeah, it was not good. And, uh, you know, he he took that knock pretty hard. He stayed down for a bit. They brought out the magic spray and everything to try and make it all right. But uh, it was very clear that it was not going to be that way for him. Hopefully it is something minor. Hopefully it is just maybe the next few matches here. You would hope that by the time we face city that maybe he's back and healthy for that one uh i just think you know anyone who's injured right now probably doesn't make the next match so that writes off arsenal maybe you get a mac for villa if it's something very very minor but hopefully it uh hopefully it is is exactly that just a minor thing he misses one match Villa's a week it was a, a week from today as of recording because we play yeah. Ars- so, pro- so maybe, maybe probably misses that so yeah. city would be like the next most likely match where he would come back in. And and can we just say to the Premier League schedulers who put this together, to play on a Saturday and to play on a Monday is absolutely insane. Uh, like, not to be all Jose Mourinho here, and com- or now Jurgen Klopp, who has, uh, you know, stepped up his role as chief complainer, but uh, it, this is ridiculous. I mean, like, to ask Premier League players to play Premier League quality football two days after Boxing Day, which is a big fixture, you know, a day of, of fixtures, is absolutely ridiculous and, and, and borderline malpractice, to be honest. Like, I think it is just insane. So, boo. Boo to you people. I, mean, we I knew said was, boo. I said we, boo. I know. We knew it was coming, though, unfortunately, especially with the condensed. It doubles up, and, and it's worse than normal. So, uh, Lamps just saying after the match, yeah, he turned his ankle um, you know, it's too painful for him to carry on. So they're going to get the scan the day you're probably listening to this. We'll see how bad it is. But, um, yeah, even lamps immediately says, don't expect him for Arsenal Villa again is probably stretched. So, uh, 2021, Ben, take your time, mate. We'll see you then. Uh, Marcus Alonso on the bench. Think we're going to see that against Arsenal. He's back. Let's go. I'm just saying, could Score be interesting. Uh, Dan of the match. It was exciting. It was a good time. You know, and it, it was also resumed. Normal operating order was resumed because we were able to run one. You don't run one after a bad loss. Glad you could be bothered. Particularly not after two losses. <laughs> so, <laughs> asshole. Um, so, Thiago Silva far and away runs away with it. 59% of the total. Tammy Abraham in second place with 25%. Mason Mount with 11. Azpilicueta with 5. Couple of shouts for Kovacic. I mean, he came on the 64th minute. I just, you can't, yeah. you can't put a man in for man in the match who doesn't play the full 90 when no. Silva. Oh, you, sorry, sorry, really sorry, hard. sorry. You had a good, you had a good clarifying statement. I thought you were just going to end it at that. And I was like, well, but yeah, when Silva, yeah, look, yeah, look. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if, if all the people who were like, you know, the substitution Dan of the match, like we're not going to run one of those. But yes, he wins the substitution Dan well, of the match. So you, congratulations. Yes. A new to idea. be fair, he could have won Dan of the match if he would have come on and banged in a couple of goals that won us the match, obviously. Yeah. Like yeah. there there are <laughs> there are circumstances where a sub can win the Dan of the match. This was just not one of those circumstances. Absolutely. No, I think that's fair. All right. Well, the table as it stands in... 
hold hold on to your britches here, kids. This is a wild one. Uh, Liverpool have 14 matches played and 31 points. Leicester in second have 14 played, 27 points. So it's Liverpool at the top by four. Now Manchester United are in third. They've only played 13 and have 26 points. Everton are in fourth. They have 14 matches played and 26 points. Chelsea are in fifth. 14 matches played, 25 points. And then Tottenham in sixth, 14 matches played, 25 points. So our 15 plus 15 goal difference is now second in the league. Tottenham's has dropped down to 11. Liverpool's is back up to 17. So they are just smashing a little bit right now. It's wild. Think about this. All the way down to 10th in West Ham, are five points away from us and Spurs. I mean, this this Premier League is as even a Premier League as you will ever see for a, an abundance of reasons. But shitty Manchester United somehow in third uh, run out to a 6-2 win against Leeds. Thanks for nothing, Leeds. Appreciate you. Uh, Everton left for dead two weeks ago back and forth. Yeah, it it is just wild, and it shows you that every game matters because of the the table right now. Like Southampton, were you you might argue Southampton were hard done to lose one nil to City at the weekend. Like it's it's they, they are good. They are legitimately good. Um, I actually trust Southampton more than I trust Everton to be completely fair, or Manchester United um, also. But it is it is just a topsy-turvy every week you're going to see the shifting up and down of a bunch of teams so hold on to your butts yeah uh villa are in ninth but they've only played 12 matches for example so they have a lot of making up to do uh you know and they've got potentially six points so they could very reasonably pick up four points hypothetically and now they're on 26 points you know fighting goal difference with united everton and, and themselves so uh, yeah, it's wild. So City are in 8th. Uh, West Ham, we just played her in 10th. Wolves are down to 11th. Leeds are 14th. Arsenal, 15th. Burnley, 16th. Brighton, 17th on 12 points. So the relegation zone, relegation zone is occupied by Fulham, 18th on 10 points. West Brom, 19th on 7 points. And Sheffield United in 20th place. They got another one, ladies and gentlemen. They drew... They're up to two points. They doubled their tally. So I'd say they're kind of trending upwards. Uh, so Burnley got a win today. Yeah. Wild uh-huh. wild stuff for Burnley. Uh, and I, so I watched Fulham Newcastle at the weekend because I'm a degenerate, as you know. And uh, Fulham deserved more from that game than they got. Like Fulham are actually playing okay football. They got a draw against Liverpool um at the weekend uh, which was enormously helpful as we continued our slide uh they're, they're looking better i know we were, we were worried about them but they're looking a little bit more organized a little bit more solid so hopefully yeah. this works out so the one thing is that we will not record an arsenal match preview just because of our holiday mm. fixture setup but interesting to note that our good friend matt law who you'll get another matt law episode later this month wrapping out the end of 2020 but he talked about in his article how Arsenal have planned for what the possibility of relegation might look like. Because right now, they, by points, are closer to Sheffield United in 20th than they are to Everton in fourth place. Yeah, apparently inserted relegation clauses in the contracts. And Aubameyang and Ozil make £350,000 a week. And, you know, Williams on a bumper deal. Oh, my. Well, I, I will say... This is among one of the the tastiest fixtures of the year. The fact that it's on Saturday, Boxing Day's on Saturday, no Ooh. work, and it's midday, and it's oh man, and they're they're struggling so bad. I mean, they're so bad right now. Again, London Derby, so much history. It's gonna be hard. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're gonna play out of their minds, and Chelsea have to be ready to step for step. I like, I do, and ah oh, shit. We've lost Reese for this one too because Mason, Reese, Tammy, the Academy boys, when we play Spurs, when we play Arsenal, they are up for it, especially Arsenal because you was the Arsenal Academy and Chelsea Academy when Mason and those guys were there. So there's always them in the cup final, always them at the end of the league season. So um, 
yeah. something to something to think about for Arsenal too, because they here's they the all, official preview. Clip it. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, all you get. Right? I I have a sneaking suspicion with both fullbacks kind of sidelined right now, or well, both starting fullbacks sidelined that we might go three back again because if you watched Emerson play today. That dude was operating as a winger and was nowhere remotely <laughs> close to the defense. And like, I think Frank has to protect Thiago Silva more than what he got like got today. Even though Arsenal are not cruising by any means, like you have to have some balance there because if Emerson's up and there's no and Mason Mount's trying to play left back, that's not where you want to be. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. that's a bad situation. So uh, just think. I don't know who would play the right side of that. Right now, which is where my brain is kind of struggling, but like you have to figure out a solution to to get through there. Perhaps you got got some academy boys who might know how to you know do, leave do a little bit of business. Is that your is that your music, <laughs> Tino? Hmm, interesting. Oh music. my god, <laughs> by God, it's Tino Livermento's music. <laughs> All right, hey, that's gonna wrap us up, though. Uh, appreciate the impromptu match preview. Because uh, we're going to count it because, as Dan said, Chelsea's next, next match is the day after Christmas for those of you that celebrate it. Um, and so I think we'll all kind of be taking some time off on that day, hopefully opening some presents, getting some gifts, spending some time with loved ones uh, virtually or in person, whatever is safest. But look, <laughs> Arsenal, all right? Look ahead, boys and girls. This is it. We love the London Derby. Arsenal are in a shit position. We could help bury them even deeper with this one so the opportunity exists um so that'll be the 26th we'll come up with the so what are we gonna do a, a match review after that that'll drop uh and more content because we have another match again the following monday so um <laughs> yeah i think we're gonna release the arsenal match review on the sunday so you'll get a sunday release right mm-hmm. so sunday or- monday. record yeah. yeah 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 check it out subscribe Lots. Make sure it hits your wow, podcast live calendaring. Player. It's the most wonderful podcast content in the world. Hey, now we, we all also know. Have, we have other logistics we could talk about here. I know people are interested. We're all on the same page. All right, listeners, let us know what you agreed about, what you disagreed about. We obviously touched on a lot uh, in this match review, but, you know, a lot kind of happened. So um, social media, Patreon, and Discord is the best way to get in touch with us if mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm, us to specifically mm-hmm. respond. Um, but otherwise, we'd love to engage you if we can. So uh, our start of the next match. Buckle in, it's going to be a wild ride. But that's going to do us for today. So anyways, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.